This is HPR episode 2135 entitled Audio Speedup Script and is part of the series Bash Scripting. It is hosted by Dave Morris and is about 28 minutes long. The summary is, I want to speed up some of my podcasts and truncate silence in them too so I wrote a script to do it. This episode of HPR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. Howdy folks, this is 5150. If you're going to attend the Ohio Lynx Fest this weekend, October 7th through 8th, be sure to seek out the Lynx Podcasters booth. It is a collaboration between Hacker Public Radio, the Podnuts Network, Colonel Panic Oddcast, Linux Lugcast, and your other favorite shows. Joe Hecht of the new Single Board Computer and Virtual Private Server Show is graciously providing swag in the form of mugs, stickers, and t-shirts. And I am bringing an unworn t-shirt from Kansas Linux Fest 2015, inaugural year. It's going to be first come, first serve, un- under the desk, so you're going to have to ask for it, and some stickers. And we'd love to meet all our fans in Columbus. See you there. This is Dave Morris. I've got a bash script for you today. I've called this episode Audio Speed Up Script. And um, I'm going to be talking about a script I wrote in May 2015. It was based on something that Ken Fallon did in show 1766, where he talked about how to use the SOX program, S-O-X to truncate silence in audio and to speed it up. So I was inspired by this, but the SOX command was really complicated and quite hard to to tweak for different settings and stuff. So I wrote a bash script to uh, make it a bit easier to use. So I thought I'd share this script with you today. I called it Speed Up, even though it doesn't only do speeding up, it also does silence truncating and a few other things. So it's a bash script, as I said, you invoke it as speed up, followed by options, followed by a file name. Um, I wrote it in the notes, and there are long notes for this, as they usually are with my shows, because I like writing, obviously. Um, If you put the script in your bin directory, this is the convention, you create a directory called home, in your home directory called bin, B-I-N, and you put scripts in it, and then you make sure in your .bashrc that you have uh, added the bin directory to your uh, path variable, P-A-T-H, capitals, capitals, P-A-T-H, and um, if you do that, I think some bash RCs do that for you actually um can't remember but um if you do that then you don't need to put a path on the front of the the script 
So conventionally you put dot slash for a script that's in the current directory. But if you put it in bin, you don't need to bother with that. Anyway, that's a bit of waffle getting us nowhere in particular. But the example I've cited doesn't use any dot slash or anything. So let's go through what it does. It takes a file name, which pretty obviously is the audio file that needs to be worked on. You need to give it a full path. What happens is the script will rename that file and replace it with the modified version. So it doesn't modify in situ, but it creates the modified file has the same name as the original. I did that for my own benefit, really, because I'm using this on podcasts, and my podcasts are pointed to in a database. So I use the database to manage everything to do with podcasts, playing them, deleting them, and so forth. So I didn't want the name of the file to change. The original file is kept with an underscore after the name and before the extension. So xyz.ogg turns an xyz underscore dot ogg. If you use an option to speed up minus lowercase c, then that file will be deleted. My podcast workflow system deletes them anyway, so it's not a problem for me, but uh, I'm trying to offer this to the world. Anyway, let's whiz through the options. Minus S is the option that causes the audio to be sped up. You can apply different speeds, and you do that by repeating the minus S. So you can have you can have a number of these. Uh, there's also minus T, which causes silence to be truncated, and you can repeat that one. You know minus T minus T, which will increase the sensitivity of the truncation process. Now this was covered in Ken's episode, and the, particularly in the article that he cited in that episode. I also add, added a minus lowercase m, which is mixed down a stereo audio track to mono. And as I mentioned before, minus lowercase c will delete the renamed original file once it's finished. There's also a minus lowercase d, which switches on dry run mode. Which you can run this to see what the script will actually do without it doing it. There's a minus uppercase D, which is really for me, or if you want to hack on this script, you, um, it switches it into debug mode, where it just reports what its uh, what some of the internal parameters are, internal arguments and stuff. Internal variables is what I'm trying to say. And there's also, finally, a minus lowercase h, which gives you a, a help report thing. Now, as I said already, you can do this, you can repeat the minus s or the minus t and um, what it actually does is the script counts up how many of them you've provided and it uses it that number um, to index a list of speeds or truncation settings and um, I'm going to talk about that in a minute when I dig into the script itself. One of the things about Unix and the way arguments options I should say are processed in bash is that you can concatenate them so i've given an example where you type speed up minus s space minus s space minus s space minus t and then the name of a file and that's the same as speed up minus s s s t space and then the name of the file again they both mean the same thing um i prefer to use the compressed version personally so 
There's a script which I've included as part of this show. Uh, you can download it from the HPR site. I probably I haven't done so yet, but I'll probably put it up on um, GitHub or GitLab. I'm not sure which one. I should should have done this before I uh, set off to record this. Anyway, I'll um, I'll amend the notes appropriately once I've done it. Now, what I'm going to do is to go through the script in in chunks and um, just explain what it does. So. If you're not wildly thrilled at the prospect of listening to how a script works, then I suppose now's the time to um, to stop listening. <laughs> so uh, if uh, if you're still with me, then thank you very much. Just had to stop because I got a, a, a spam phone call. So just coming back to where I left off. Um, yeah, I the, the mechanism I used to generate these notes were was um, seemed to be buggy. And it didn't like me starting and stopping with incrementing numbers. So I haven't numbered this one, which I apologise for. So it's harder to to talk about bits. But I didn't want to. I didn't want to just dump you the whole script and then number it and then talk about it referring all over the place. So I thought if you came to read this, um, it would be really hard to read. So I've gone for the the chunk mode. So the first chunk consists of the usual comment I put at the beginning of shell scripts, followed by declaration of a script variable, which I tend to like to do. Um, it comes from the $0 argument, and it's useful to, to use throughout the script at various points. I also declare a version number. I like to keep my scripts version so I know which is which and stuff. Then there's a function called underscore usage and all that is is something that you call and it comes back to you with a bunch of help text um, it's just a function so it can be called at different points it's got a, a cat um, statement in it which uses a here document which contains the actual text i've used the format of the here document which allows you to substitute um, variables in it one day i shall do um, a show on this aspect of bash just uh, to help if people are not clear as to how this works. I tend to always do these things backwards, tell you about it first and then explain it later. Sorry about that. Anyway, the thing, it takes one argument, which is the number it will exit with, because it exits the whole script and it exits with a number. And the, the point of that is, if you're running a script from the command line, then the the value that it exits with is pretty relevant but if you're embedding a, a call to a script inside another script you might want to be able to do things like um, run this script and if it worked do this and if it didn't work do that so it's good convention for a given script to come back with a, a, a value usually one to say I didn't work it broke and then the calling script can um, can do something about it so that's what I'm doing here and the reason this, the function exits is because once you've seen the help, you don't really want to go on to use it because you might not have used it right and you want to find out how to. Or it might be scolding you that you've, you've failed to provide the correct arguments or something. So the next chunk is definition of a bunch of variables. And these are variables which we're going to be using to hold the result of processing the options. Then there's a, a while loop which goes through all the options and deals with them. Um, I'm not going to explain this in great detail, but inside the while loop is a case statement, which, on having chosen an option, looks it up and 
does something appropriate to what it is. And the particular one to concentrate on, I guess, is S, the S option, lowercase s. If we encounter that, then the variable speed up is incremented. So that's how the minus s, minus s, minus s thing works to um, record the number of s's that you provided. There's a couple of points where usage is called and the script exits. At the end of this chunk, there's a shift statement. Shift is a statement within Bash, which which you run within a script, which will remove a bunch of arguments. So the the dollar one dollar two business. So the value given to this is the number of options which we've processed in the loop. I won't go into details about this. It could do with a whole show on uh, on its own to talk about this, how this works. But basically, once all the options have been processed, they are deleted, so we don't need to deal with them anymore. And the result of that is that the file name argument, assuming there is one, will be the the only remaining uh, argument. So the next chunk is just a little bit where it checks to see that there is a file name argument, and if not, then usage is called to say look you called this wrong here's what you should have given it the other test is assuming you have a file name does it exist so it's using the minus e uh, option to um to the test so there's an if statement which uh, tests to see whether the file in dollar one exists so if it doesn't then it says file not found and exits the next little chunk should really have been stuck on the other one actually shouldn't it checks to see whether the dry run variable which is set depending on uh, whether the minus lowercase d option was present is uh, contains the value one and if it does uh, a message is output saying you're in dry run mode we're not going to actually change anything the next chunk is the business of working out what speed we want so we've counted up the number of S options and it's in a variable called speed up. There's a test done to say, is it zero? And if it is zero, then we don't want any speed up. So we, um, we actually store the result of the, the speed up stuff in a variable called tempo. And that's in order to be fed to the socks command a bit later on. So in this case, we just set tempo to nothing. It's an empty, empty variable. If speed up was not zero, it's greater than zero, then we need to do some, some further stuff. But before I talk about that, I'll just mention the, the first bit, which there's a variable called speeds, S-P-W-E-D-S, uh, in capitals, um, which contains, which is an array, and it contains a list of speeds. So in my particular case, I've used 1.05, 1.1, 1.2, 0 up to 1.7. These are speeds that I wanted to be able to apply. You, Your mileage may vary. I can't really handle fast speeds in audio. I've tried turning up to 1.7 and I cannot follow it. My brain is now uh, unable to, to deal with stuff at that speed. So you could, if you wanted to use this script, hack around with that list, take some stuff out, add some stuff in, and um, it would, uh, it might then suit your your needs better but this is tailored to me so it's an array of the elements that you'll see if you look at the notes there's a test here that says if the variable speed up is greater than the number of elements 
in the array, then set it to the number of elements in the array. So if you if you put umpteen s options in there and it's more than the elements in the array, then it will it will just index the last element of the array. Then the script um, decrements the speed up variable because we will then want to use it to index the array and arrays in bash and many other languages uh, are indexed from zero so if you've got one of them we want it actually to indicate the, the zeroth element which is the first element, but it's indexed by zero so we set a lowercase speed variable to the element from the array speeds indexed by speed up after it's been fiddled about with with. Then we set variable tempo in uppercase to equal the string tempo space and then the, the numeric speed which you've got out of the array. And the reason for that is tempo space number 1.5 or something is one of the parameters we'll need to be giving to the socks command a bit later on. Next chunk is similar stuff but it relates to silence truncation. Now this one's more, more complicated in, in that the array consists of only two elements and each element is a string in double quotes which consists of a list of values. So the first one is 1 followed by 0 0.1 followed by 1% minus 1 0 0.5 1%. Go and check out that um, previous episode 1766 and the reference uh, that I've actually included in the comments of the script to find out what the hell these things mean, because I'm not really sure. But it's, it's about detecting silences which are not too short, so that you don't want to chop out you know, the silences that result from people breathing. But because otherwise it sounds terrible, I think anyway, you want to be detecting silences which are a bit longer than that, and so on and so forth. This is this is one of the areas I found difficult to fully get my head around. So this is why I've made a script to, to so I don't have to think about it anymore. And I haven't thought about it for over a year, so uh, you can tell. Anyway, the bit of code in this chunk uses that array, and it does the same sort of logic. There's a variable called truncate, which may be zero, because there was no minus t option at all, in which case we set a variable called silence to nothing. But if there was a value, then we make sure it's not longer than the array, which is only two elements, not greater than the number of elements in the array, is what I mean. And we need to decrement it to make it the correct sort of index, starting at zero. Then we pull out the value, or the string, that, that is relevant. And we then build this variable silence to contain the word silence, space, and then that list of numbers and percents and stuff. So by the time we've got to the end of this lot, we've got a couple of the arguments for the SOX program prepared. And there's one more in the next chunk, which is the, the mix down business. So there was a minus lowercase m option. And uh, if that was zero, it wasn't used then there's a variable called remix which is set to empty otherwise remix is set to the string remix space hyphen then the next bit is an if statement which checks to see if the debug option is on and if it is then all of the variables that i've been talking about are all dumped out their values are dumped out so that the um if you're hacking on the script you can work out 
what the hell you did wrong and I did do some things wrong when I was writing this I have to say got a little bit mind bending so the next test is maybe a little bit controversial actually didn't realize it until I was preparing this it checks to see if tempo which was the speed up thing and silence which is the silence truncation thing if if both of them are empty then it says well there's nothing to do and exits that that actually is not true because i think i must have created this the point at which i before i'd added the mix down thing so um you might want to do next version i might add in something a bit more sophisticated at that point but basically it's looking to see if you've created a bunch of options which it's not really worth following because there's nothing worth doing and if so it exits with a with a message okay next chunk we are dealing with the file name because we want to ch- we want to create a version of it with that underscore that i mentioned at the start we need to do various things to the file name the first thing is to save the original name and to do that i've used the real path command which is a uh, one of the gnu commands I think John Culp mentioned it first. I didn't know about it till fairly recently. But basically it goes to a path name that you give it and removes, rationalizes, canonicalizes all of the weird bits. So if you've got slash dot dot slash dot dot blah 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 in a path, then it means go there, then go up, then go up again, then go down there and so forth. Well, you don't really want all that nonsense in a, in a path because the, there is a clearer path which is which is is the result of doing all these traversals of the directory tree. So real path resolves that, plus also symbolic links and things like that. It resolves. So it does path resolution anyway. Then um, the path names is all chopped up into the directory portion, the name portion, and the extent after the name. And a new variable, a variable called new, is created containing that directory, that name, with the underscore taken off the end, uh, added to the end, I should say, followed by the extension. So that's the bit that creates the name with an underscore before the extension bit. Then the script reports what it, what file it's processing. That's the resolved one. It then checks to see if the new variable, which is a file name we're going to create, if it already exists. Because if it does, then there's a good chance we already processed this file. So it, if it finds it, says, oops, looks like this file's already been sped up and exits. Then the next stage is that the original file gets renamed to that new name. Though if the dry run option is on, it doesn't actually do the renaming. It says, I would rename this this file to that file. The next chunk is, as I've expressed here, the meat of the script. And it's where the SOX program is given the various parameters that we've created. If dry run mode is on, then we don't actually do it. We simply construct the the string of what would be done and and, uh, display it. But um, if dry run is switched off, then we're going to run socks. Now, I chose a, again, this, I guess this could be parameterized so that y- you, you might want to make it a less verbose. I said re- I wanted a progress display. So socks will, if you run, run the script, socks will actually display what it's doing. I also requested a 
a volume change. Comments here say a volume volume change by a factor of two. I guess it's because I'm getting deaf. I, I always find quite a lot of um, a lot of podcasts are, are not as clear as I would like them to be. What's actually happening here then? Is socks has been called with minus capital S minus V two lowercase V two. Then it's given the name of the uh, new file, the one with the underscore in it, and the original file. So it's going to take the underscored one and write it to the the original name. Remember, we renamed it to something else, so we're going to write back to what was the original name. Then it's followed by these variables tempo, remix, and silence, which are, have all got um, parameters in them, or not, actually, uh, but might have parameters in them which are relevant to, to socks. Now, as an aside, I left the comments in that I've got in my original, and um, there's a there's a comment that says shell check disable equals sc2086. What this is all about, you might might be interested in this, is I do all my editing with Vim, and within Vim I have a plugin called Syntastic, which is a thing that applies a syntax check checker to the source file I'm editing, depending on what it is. And when you save the uh, the edits, the checker runs through and produces errors, uh, any errors. It reports any errors, which you can then navigate and fix and so forth. The checker for bash is called shell check, which you can run on the command line, actually. I've never, no, I have actually done it, but not for a long time. And um, one of the things it really gets upset about is if you, in bash, uh, use a variable in a context like this and you don't put it in double quotes it gets gets very worried about it because it's working on the principle that this could be a file name and file names can contain spaces and if you don't quote them you you end up with the space becoming a parameter separator and things going wrong so it nags you about this but in this particular case tempo remix and silence will contain spaces and i want them to contain spaces and i don't want to quote them so i've switched off the um the check for that stuff and it just applies to the next line so uh, that's what that's all about i think it's basically a nice thing to have but it uh, sometimes it needs to be told to shut up and go away so the script will be running socks it will take some time depending on the size of the file but uh, and you'll get a, a longish report definitely next version should have a be quiet mode i think final bit of the script is if the variable cleanup contains value one that's because the minus lowercase c option has been provided then we want to do something about deleting the file with the underscore in it let's check to see if dry run is on and if it is it simply says i would be deleting this file but i ain't going to i don't say that but you know what i'm talking about uh if dry run's not on then it will just delete it i just mentioned in the notes here that the last line of this chunk is a vim so-called vim mode line and that's a, a way in which you can provide standard parameters to vim if vim is editing the file i'm not going to go into that here so that's the script described i hope it wasn't uh, too tedious if you thought it was going to be you probably switched off already so i used this script as part of my podcast download workflow in particular i processed the linux link tech show thus because they tend to have quite long pauses in there and uh, it, it, it does well to be sped up a bit 
So I've just given you a command line that I use quite often. Um, I have a tool I call DB List Episode. My podcast information is held in a database, and I tell it to go and list out all the episodes for Linux, the Linux Link Tech Show and uh, the ones that I currently have online, that is, and um, to feed their names to Xargs. Xargs is a is a uh, Bash um, program. It's a program actually, but anyway, which I'm calling from a Bash command line here, and um, I'm telling it for each of the files that it that it gets handed to run speed up with the arguments the options minus s s s t so it will do three levels of speed up and also a truncation to uh, it does reduce the length of tllts shows quite considerably nothing against them of course i'm just as able to to uh, have long pauses except i usually cut them out of my shows when i sit in here not knowing what to say next i've reused this script um, regularly since i wrote it and does it pretty much all I want it to do apart from some of the things that I've mentioned as I've been going along there there are there's logic errors I think in that business of checking to see whether there's an s and a t in the option list and then aborting if not I think that's probably a mistake um I'd also quite like to have control over amplification because for some reason BBC podcasts are very very low in terms of sound compared to others I turn my player up to listen to the bbc ones and then another one comes on from a from a different source and my ears are blasted by the by the sound why they are so low i have no idea anyway it's probably going to get another iteration which is why i should really put it up on uh, github or wherever anyway i hope you found that useful Uh, i hope you grab the script and also find it useful if you have any comments about it or corrections or improvements or anything of that nature then please let me know and uh, that's it i hope you enjoyed it okay bye you've been listening to hacker public radio at hackerpublicradio.org we are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday monday through friday Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.